welcome to Hannibal's Horny and Bocce, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of the Brian Fuller TV show, Hannibal. I am your host, Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, my name is Celeste. I'm an artist, a nerd, and I'm very new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, a local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this week we watch Shizakana, which first aired April 25th, 2014. What? Is that the title? Shizaki. It's very similar to the title of last week. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Maybe it's, no offense, maybe it's just Sonia's pronunciation. It's my terrible, yeah. Okay. If I say it really slow, you know I'm not pronouncing it right. This episode, Hannibal loses his head. A dude takes being a furry a little too far, and I feel worse for the dog being hurt than for any other character being killed on this show. But we'll get to that. (laughs) But uh, before we officially get into this episode, I wanted to thank JJ's brother-in-law for supplying us with some info we asked about a few episodes ago. The difference between a piano and a harpsichord is a piano pounds the strings while a harpsichord plucks them. Ooh, so, yeah. yeah, you can see the, the uh, what you call it, the Hannibal Chilton differences in there. Hmm. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Hannibal's bored look in Will's torture dream was killing me just because he was <laughs> like, he's not even begging for his life. He's just like, are we really uh, here It's like, now? oh, baby, yeah, you pull that straight. <laughs> pull that rope. <laughs> I would just like to say... <laughs> I was like, Will dreams that Hannibal says, I love you, in so many words. That's what I wrote here. Call him beloved. Hannibal's beloved speech is actually Will's word since it is his dream. Mm. Hannigram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm taking my fist at the sky right now. Proof. It's canon. (laughs) Well, it wasn't really Hannibal. It was Will's personification of... Him. Well, yeah, but it's, it's just showing, like, you're all like, you know, it's just Will faking it, is it, Longgate? It's, he's faking it. <laughs> he's dreaming it, though. He's dreaming it, though. But Even though he's killing him. <laughs> I got that working against me. But still, yeah. he's still fantasizing about Hamble. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, go ahead. So uh, but he didn't kill him with his hands. I was really pissed about that. <laughs> Um, I swear every episode I'm drinking something and I almost spit it out. <laughs> uh, personally, I'd skin Hannibal a la that French movie Martyrs. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but somebody's mm-hmm. tortured to death you, having her whole body skinned. It was really Ooh. creepy. Yeah. So that's how I kill Hannibal if I had to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dark person <laughs> inside a cute body. I hate the skins. <laughs> I, I, I like the way that, well, you know killed Hannibal in his dream. I don't know, I thought it was very artistic. <laughs> yeah, like, he's using his, like, this little, like, his deer that's been haunting him since season one to kill him. I don't know. It's, oh. It's pretty cool. And that big horse, yes. Because well, it was a horse first, right? It was, like, a Clydesdale? Or was yeah, it, it was a Clydesdale. Okay. Yeah. It's a beautiful I, horse. It's a beautiful horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, if I were to be killed by a horse, I'd be killed by that horse. <laughs> yeah, Clydesdales could probably kill you. you know, yeah. Are, they're big-ass horses. I, I was watching a documentary on horses. <laughs> I think uh, you, uh, Celeste had posted, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but somebody posted, like, this post on Tumblr about all the big horses that exist in society. It wasn't No, it wasn't me. <laughs> okay, was, I don't what? think I ever posted <laughs> that a might horse have been me. post before. Let me find it. But, yeah, it was really cute because it's, like, all these horses that make human beings look like 
like tiny little stick people mm. was so cute and I was just dying because I'm like I want to ride a Clydesdale it makes me feel like um, that scene where Lee Pace was riding a moose in The Hobbit that's how I feel <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt to ride one of those huge things though like your legs are spread way out <laughs> yeah I'd feel like riding a bear or something oh my god <laughs> speaking of that um, in Breath of the Wild the Legend of Zelda game I'm playing you can ride anything if you sneak up on it and mount it so like I've been trying to sneak up on bears and on boars <laughs> like there was one moose I almost caught on but it caught a scent of me and freaked out and so uh, I was like damn it I want to ride a bear it was amazing <laughs> so it's, really, it's like I'm trying to live my dream live my dream <laughs> um, but Hannibal's egg dishes always look so good it's the only time I'm really tempted by the food on the show I'm okay. almost fascinated by those like cooking montages because it does look very <laughs> cool like and I kind of do really want to eat it, but at the same time, I was like, no. <laughs> we do so I, no. <laughs> I always want to eat when I see him cooking. I can almost smell it yeah, <laughs> off my screen. I'm just like, damn it. I don't yeah, like that the, good. I don't like the presentation ultimately of what like uh, the, the biggest example being that octopus one you made last episode. Mm-hmm. But like when he's cooking it, it does look really good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. Like I just hate the pretentious present uh, presentation. I guess. Well, I am like. I do like watching those, like, BuzzFeed's, like, tasty videos when yeah, they yeah. show up on Facebook. <laughs> so maybe that's why I like it's watching Hannibal Cook as well. <laughs> I was trying to think, uh, like, why I didn't find uh, the presentation as pretentious as, as you do. And then I thought, well, maybe it's because my brother's a, a chef. Oh. <laughs> You're used to <laughs> so it. So I'm already used to seeing, like... All that, so I'm just like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then. <laughs> so I feel like an ass because um, when I don't get a proper presentation of food when I go to a restaurant, like a Denny's or something, I get yeah. pissed off. I'm like, Man, couldn't, you, couldn't you at least put some effort into this? Yeah, <laughs> you put some parsley on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to my favorite bar last night, and like they gave, I ordered a salad with my quesadilla, and like the quesadilla, uh, the salad was too, um, the presentation was too hardcore on it, and I didn't want to eat it. I'm like. Like, can really? I get the food out of here? A salad? Yeah, it was a really, like, well-presented salad. It was beautiful. Mm. But, yeah, I was just, like, trying to get it out without eating the stuff I don't like. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you call those things uh, you put on your eyes? Um, cucumbers. 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 Yeah. I hate cucumbers. I thought of, like, eye drops first. I was like, wait, we don't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love, like, all that discussion about uh, Jack and Hannibal going being in Granada. I was going to phone um, JJ and ask her, JJ, is Hannibal a Camp Granada? That's Simpsons reference, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she wouldn't have got it. <laughs> but, yeah. I would have if you sang it. I think if you, like, the way you just said it now, I was kind of like, what? And then I'm like, oh. But, yeah, if you sang it, I would have got it. <laughs> Camp Granada. Uh, but one of my favorite lines from this episode is... Um, Hannibal telling, I believe it's Jack, forgetfulness promotes a healthy mind. And I like that. Like, it was one of my favorite things. It's also one of the main points of the book, It. I'm reading it right now, as I was telling Celeste off camera. Uh, The kids can only retain their sanity into adulthood by forgetting the events of their childhood encounter with the monster of the book. So, like, they forget... uh, The main thesis of the book is that you forget large parts of your childhood in in your trans transfer to adulthood. Hmm. And that was mm-hmm. the main point that Stephen King was trying to make about like how you, how these things matter so much when you're young, but you forget so much of them as you get older, but with monsters. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> scary thing. Oh yeah. I'm seeing it next week. I'm so happy. I'm I, so I find scared. it weird that uh, Hannibal says like, it's good to forget. Like it feels like considering the guy 
uh, like again we'll learn more about it as the show goes on but he has like a mind palace so he makes sure he makes sure to have an excellent memory and not forget mm-hmm. yeah he does seem All like the, the person to like remember every single victim he killed yeah like every victim he's ever had all the details like just just because he's Hannibal and he has to remember a bunch of shit <laughs> it's like it feels like a weird a weird thing to preach considering so I think yeah. he's he's trying his little bit of manipulation on uh, Jack like it's good to forget you know <laughs> he even says it to him like your doubts about me he's like no my doubts about Will so Jack's uh, equally trying to you know like you know like put Hannibal at ease like no not you I, I have no doubts about you Hannibal it's just Will it's always Will which <laughs> is crazy you know, but yeah, it, you bring up a good point there because, like, why would ha- like Hannibal later will be discussed? Like, his sister will come up in season three, and like, uh, it's something he probably would have tried to forget if he was legitimately trying to forget it. Mm. And it's like he remembers every horrible thing that has happened. And like, uh, if you see, look at his drawings, if we go by um, the movie version, he re- he has like such mem- memorization. He has such memory for details that he draws like things from memory and mm-hmm. i'm like he has really good memory probably in the show too i think uh, too. what's the word called i did idatic i doubt idonic i doubt you know, photographic I, memory. i'll just look at it <laughs> yeah the, the layman term is photographic memory but it's actually uh hold on sorry this is gonna bug me <laughs> i did it yeah i-d-e-t-i-c 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 Memory. I, I did it. I I did it. I, I, I did it. it. Memory. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So no, like, yeah, exactly. Like he he's able to draw stuff from Europe from memory. You know, so it's just <laughs> no one can see my gesture, <laughs> but I'm gesture. It's like why would he preach the idea of forgetting things? Yeah, exactly. It just makes no sense to me. Say, like forgetting things will give you a healthier mind. And that's probably why he's so psychotic. Because <laughs> he doesn't forget he things. Remembers he remembers everything. Yeah. So he doesn't have a healthy mind. Uh, but the look of the animal killer climbing the truck was the creepiest thing. It looks so fake but so real. I know it's probably CGI because he, he climbs the cab of the of the semi truck. And it just looks so cool to me because he's just like, he's crawling it like Dracula and the, the movie Dracula, you know, the one with Gary Oldman. Looks mm. so cool. Scary Gary. Looks yes. so cool. No, it was creepy. Like, yeah. I, I was like, since when did Handel turn into like a horror movie? Like, <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> I wasn't expecting like an animal like like creature in the show. Mm. Yeah, like some super supernatural thing. Yeah, it was creepy. Like uh, this guy is the reason I'm always so scared of something similar to ha- happening when I travel north to visit my parents. Like you're on the lone highway up to northern <laughs> Manitoba and the car stops and it's like... Because <laughs> I've never seen a wolf in real life. Like even though uh, my hometown is surrounded by them, I always wanted to see one, but I'm so terrified. You mean like a wild wolf? Like a wild wolf, yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. them in, in like zoos. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Oh, but funny story. Uh, so this woman uh, got attacked by a wolf, and they it's she was story. Okay, okay. It's, it's a story. <laughs> so this woman in, near my hometown went to the papers and said she was attacked by a wolf unpro- un unprovoked, and they're like, "Well, she was in the middle of nowhere, 
And how did the wolf attack her if she was in a car? And then, like, two days later, somebody came up and said, okay, she wasn't in her car. Here's what happened. She got out of the car, approached the wolf, who was, like, this mangy little mutt, and tried to feed it chips. What? And so what had happened later was that the wolf jumped on her <laughs> and tried to bite her hand to get the chips. She's freaking out, and, like, she's trying to kick it off of her, and they're like, oh, like, these witnesses are watching, and this woman told the story because she didn't want people to think she was dumb. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that somewhat related to my later true crime segment, so. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like witnesses. Watch. Don't feed wild animals. Yeah, yeah. just when Don't a sign says do not feed the bears, you mm. better not feed the bears. If anything, you're, you're kind of like, you're kind of wrecking them for life when you do that. Because then they think, oh, there'll always be food here. And then they don't hunt and they they, get, they don't feed their young and all this stuff. So just, just don't do it. And don't they associate feed wild people animals. with food. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst part. Like um, a bunch of animals are like we live in a very – where we grew – all of us grew up in a very secluded part of northern Manitoba. Hmm. And people will feed bears and stuff. And that's why people get into car accidents because the bears will approach the road and get in the way of like semi-trucks or cars and get hit. It's really dangerous. So, yeah, don't feed animals. Yeah. No matter how cute they are. Yeah. This is a PSA. <laughs> PSA about virtual yeah. murder. <laughs> um, but I was laughing my ass off because I love the way Mass Mickelson says effectively. It was so cute because his accent came through. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so cute. Sorry. Yeah, I, I love his accent through the whole show. It's just like. Like, like, yeah, if you've ever heard uh, Max Mickelson um, speak normally, like in an interview, his accent's a lot thicker, and then in the show it's enunciated, but he still has, you know... Certain words, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, either way, it's thick thing. Well, because he has, like, a little <laughs> lisp in his accent, too, that is so cute to me. A little bit, yeah. yeah I wonder if that's like, a Danish thing. I wonder if that's truly, like, a Danish, you know, that's just his accent that's making it sound like a lisp a little. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. But, yeah, listen to it again, effectively. That was so cute. Effectively. Um, so a quiet sense of power is what Will experiences when he kills. So more interview with the vampire-isms in the show. Mm. Like, I, I was like, I don't know, I was thinking about it, and that, that really did come up in the Garrett Jacob Hobbs killing, that he did feel some sort of power in taking this guy down. I'm not sure of his other murders. Hmm... Did he feel a quiet sense of power? No, well, he felt more power when he, spoiler, killed the guy in this episode. But, <laughs> spoiler. But, like, in that, in, in that context, um, he was killing him because he killed his dog. Yeah. Well, not even kill the dog. He just really yeah, hurt it. Just hurt it. But still, like, it was like, I, I don't, like, Hannibal, he felt that when he thought someone else killed Hannibal, too. And I'm like, does Hannibal feel that? Quiet sense of power? No, he, he feels a loud sense of power, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, lo- I kind of lost what you were asking, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, Will says he feels a quiet sense of power when he kills. Hmm. And I'm like, what well, does that mean? <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, again, I think Will, when he kills, it's still a matter of um, self-defense. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's um, justified, you know. First one, obviously, you know, he was trying to protect people, so he shot Jared. Jared Jacob Hobbs. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> with Hannibal, again, he thought Han- Hannibal killed all these people, la, la, la. He's handing out justice by mm-hmm. having Hannibal killed. So that one was, you know, eh. And then for this one, too, again, he was self-defense. 
He broke into his house. Yeah, yeah. Hannibal broke into his house, hurt one of his dogs. You know, oh, yeah. it's like you hurt one. You know, you hurt you hurt one of my in one of my own. You know, you hurt my <laughs> clan. You hurt my uh, what do you call it? a bunch of wolves? A uh, pack. Thank you. <laughs> this, this is awful. <laughs> There's someone who reads a lot of Alpha Omega, uh, Obeda, Omega. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, speaking um, of yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think he feels justified by it. So I think it's a different. Again, it's a quiet power. It's different because he wouldn't brag about it like Hannibal does, who puts his killings on display and yeah. eats them. So. Mm. <laughs> but, okay, moving on. <laughs> but Margot's fear, she talks about her brother, really sets the tone for his first appearance in the next episode. <gasps> I began to wonder if Margot being able to tell what Hannibal is was because of her experiences with her brother. I wonder that too. Yeah, because like... um she would have, like, it, I get the sense mostly from the book about how she would have to walk on eggshells around Mason, especially with her family supporting everything that he does. So it's like there's no there's no love there for her to be like, well, you did something to, to upset Mason, that's why he hurt you. And so she probably has those hyper senses to see people's, like, true emotions or true natures, I guess, too. Or maybe she just doesn't trust everybody, trust anybody. I think that's the the ultimate one. She doesn't. She sees no reason to trust people. Uh, I I kind of got the feeling that uh, Hannibal like he has uh, like I want to say he he doesn't quite respect Margot very very high like he does but not that much because he he he's trying very hard to manipulate her and it does work a little bit and I think she's just kind of taking his suggestions in stride because I think it's a survival thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think he also doesn't give her enough credit because obviously she's like running on survival mode. She's just kind of going with it <laughs> because, yeah. probably because of living with Mason. Because like as I said the last episode, she kind of did a weird like hmm when he made that suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> like to kill your brother. Obvious <laughs> about it too of mm-hmm. having his like dark side out talking to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one who suggested that he, you know she should kill him. Like there would be nothing lost if he died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well, well, and she's not—he's not saying anything that she doesn't want to do. Like he keeps just repeating. It's like that—the uh, villain in Wonder Woman. He—he's not the result of the war. He just puts the ideas in their heads. Like I, I don't know if you got that impression when you saw Wonder Woman, but like the villain in that one, Ares, is just whispering the suggestions. He's not saying go start a war. He's just saying, oh, you know what the, What would work what in would this make stuff? your war better? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, sorry, I'm just on a, uh, if you saw my Tumblr today, I was like on a Wonder Woman binge. I was like, oh, so cute. But yeah, I just love that movie. But I think that's the same thing with Hannibal. He's not telling people things that they don't want to hear. He's that's just con- true. Yeah, he's just confirming the worst in humanity, I think. Mm. I'm, I'm shrugging right now. But still, he's still, you know, whispering sweet nothings of just... You know, kill, 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 kill. <laughs> okay, to bring up something we brought up, <laughs> to bring up something we brought up in editing, we really wanted to know what to, how you guys listen to us because when we're editing, uh, all we can hear is our squeaky whispering. <laughs> like, well, like, again, even when we're editing, I listen with headphones, so I, I can hear me whispering. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm like, oh, damn, what, what if uh, our listeners, how do they listen? Do they listen on, like, an open laptop, a computer, or do they actually listen to us in headphones, and can they hear me? I don't know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> hearing us go, but please let me know. Do you like the whispers or no? 
Please let us know if the whispers are creepy or enjoyable. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, the one thing I wanted to bring up this episode, because we've been talking about it all season, is Hannibal's hilarious hat! <laughs> oh, I missed his hat! It just looks so... Oh, shoot! <laughs> I wasn't looking up for it. Wait, well, it was just in that scene where they're outside with the animal killing, uh, like, hold on. Wait, uh, when, when they're inspecting the truck driver. Yeah, it was wasn't it like winter? Outside. Yeah, it was winter, but mm-hmm. I was so like, wouldn't it not be? I thought out of place. He, I thought he would wear like a fancy like earmuff thing or something. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> hat. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, here it is. Okay. <laughs> Let's see the hat again. Yeah, the hat is like. Oh, this. oh, oh that's right. <laughs> Okay, that is kind of like dorky. That's not something to handle. You know what's funny too? Like, I think had they had a real chance to think about it to really like give him like a real hat for Hannibal instead of for Mass, um, I would have given him a straight out like fucking uh, uh, one of those Russian fluffy hats. Oh, yeah. that's kind of you know? what they were going for with this. Hold I on. think so. Yeah, but that Russian. one's pretty small. Do you think that's like a, a crew member's hat? And they're like, hey, you. Giving me that hat he needed for the. I don't <laughs> like think he's after. Like the big Russian hats? Yeah. My like, dad but, had one but, of those. Um, like the. Let's see, how is one of these guys up. wearing it? Um, <laughs> that guy, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that probably would have made it made better I sense like just because he's no, European. If you look up Russian hat, you can see what we're looking at right now. If yeah. you Google it, uh, the third one at the top, for the big gray one, uh, if you Google Russian hat, is the one me and Celeste are pointing out and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks super cool. But JJ thinks the tied up version, that's yeah. the second result if you look up Russian hat, is what he would wear. And I, I can agree with that. I was seeing it too. It's the hats that are, some RCMP officers wear in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, because uh, my daddy used to wear that hat and my mom hated it so she tossed it in a in a mop pail for the winter and when we found it we thought it was a dead dog <laughs> and i'm like oh it's just dad's hat <laughs> well you know if it's uh like real fur and it's uh put together really well like that i think hannibal probably would have wore something like that but obviously yeah. on the day in the show they're like just put something on his head he's gonna freeze <laughs> Because, yeah, well, it looked pretty cold that day. And it's, like, Ontario cold. So, like, uh, there's a difference between Ontario cold and Manitoba cold. Oh, yeah. Manitoba is really dry cold. So, like, even though it gets to be minus 40, it's it's something you can survive. But minus 10 with uh, with humidity in the air is a lot worse. Because I, I experienced it when we went to Imaginative last year. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cold here. How do people live? Like, yeah, it's like a damp cold, right? Yeah. It's like what do you imagine people who got consumption would be dealing with. That's how it is. So uh, yeah, here in the prairies, like if you're out in the wind, that that wind that goes right through you if you're out there long enough. But yeah, if you're dressed properly, it's not too bad. But yeah, in some other places, it's just yeah, it's like freaking cold. <laughs> you do the whisper thing again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Peter returns. Still too oh, good for this world. Yeah. He's so cute. I know I'm scared for him now because I love him. He's like, he's like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. They'll take him away. away. Yeah. Like, I like that how like Will just kind of goes, oh. And he looks away. <laughs> and he just looks away like, it's like, you can tell that there was a flutter in his heart. Like, oh, that's right. Because, you know, he, he loves his dogs, so he doesn't want his dogs taken away again. And here he's like, no, I don't want to take your they're like, best friends. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think that they, they do have a, an affinity of each other. Just, like, really cute to me. Because I, I, you very rarely see Hannibal, or Hannibal, Will hanging out with people who aren't involved with the FBI. Even though uh, <laughs> Peter is involved with the case and stuff. But still, it's, like, it's so cute that he just wants to help him. 
mm-hmm. like get better. And it looks like he like generally like likes him too. Like yeah. cares for him. Cares for him. Probably sends him food for the rats. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> it's like so cute. Well, I think it's partly uh, Will's empathy, but it's also just because uh, they both share that empathy gift. Except uh, Peter's is all just for animals, not mm-hmm. really people. Ah. So. Well, I guess because he's been hurt by people in the past. Because yeah. he's a social worker, so that implies like some sort of problems he's had in the past. Mm. And like they don't really say, but it could be like he could be a person who aged out of the care system. He could be this person who whose parents gave him up or something. Yeah. So it's like you could put mm. into his mind that there's a lot of people that have have failed him in the past. So it's like, yeah, only he only cares about animals. Well, I thought he got a social worker because he got injured. I wasn't sure about that part. But I was he like, got like hit in the head by a oh, horse, yeah. I think. He got kicked in the head by a horse. Yeah. Which is, which, no matter how dangerous that sounds, it is really funny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All I can think about is that line from Christmas Vacation. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, she falls down a well, eyes go cross, gets kicked by, or no, gets kicked by a mule, her eyes go cross, falls down a well, her eyes go uncrossed again. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, like, uh, that happens in the game Breath of the Wild as well, where you can get kicked by a horse. (laughs) Yeah, so it it takes, like, four hearts from you. What the hell? Like, seriously, what do they have in those legs? Pure muscle. But Peter was talking about animals that kill to kill. Usually this only happens in cases where the animals are somehow ill, because they usually... Animals only kill to... Because they... you You expand a lot of energy to kill something. And so they don't usually do it without either being sick or injured or like the woman that I was talking about earlier got attacked by the wolf. They think the wolf uh, was an omega. Okay, not to bring that up, but this is a bad <laughs> thing. It was an omega that got kicked out of the pack. <laughs> and so it was a really, really mangy wolf that wasn't going to last very long and probably was going to die. And that's why it attacked her. So that brings us to this week's uh, true crime case. so this week's under the table true crime segment focuses on the Savo man eaters which are uh so before anyone sends me emails about how they're not they're not technically serial killers because they're lions don't send me those i (laughs) this is my segment so and they technically killed 150 people so like doing an animal theme today so (laughs) might as well do animal theme well this is the first thing that popped up when when peter was talking about animals that kill to kill I was like, oh, the Sabo man-eaters, I can do that about them. So I'm sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, t- they killed a lot of people. They count. <laughs> so, uh, and so, that's what we're all about. Yeah. <laughs> the body count. Uh, the body count. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sabo lions are a lion population located in the Sabo East National Park in Kenya, Africa. Sabo lion males are usually larger than other male lion species and actively participate in hunting prey. In other lion species, hunting is usually done by the females. Savo prides are unique in that they frequently have only a single male lion, and Savo prides also tend to be bigger with an average of seven to eight females in each group. Savo males generally do not have manes. There is no known reason why. Some theorize that manes only develop in colder climates. Another explanation is that manelessness developed in Savo lions because of the presence of thorn bushes in their hunting areas, and manes would get caught uh, in those thorns. Savos also may have heightened levels of testosterone, which would lead to their lack of manes and known high levels of aggression. Hmm. 
The Savile Man Eaters were two Savile lines that attacked and killed over a hundred railway workers for almost a year in 1898. The British had started building a railway bridge over the Savile River in Kenya in order to create a railway that connected Uganda with the Indian Ocean. The project was led by John Henry Patterson. There were many theories as to why the lions began attacking and eating people. The first was an outbreak of cattle plague that devastated the lion's usual prey. Uh, another theory was that the lions became accustomed to eating human beings as corpses were often tossed into the Sabo River. The route was used by slave caravans bound for Zanzibar and slaves would often die under the terrible conditions and be left where they dropped. Uh, one major theory was the presence of Hindu workers on the train bridge site who would cremate their dead, which would invite the lions to scavenge. So, like, if the body didn't burn all the way, the, mm. the lions would come. It has also been suggested that one or both of the lions had teeth infections that would have made hunting their usual game difficult. Uh, during the nine months of construction, the man-eaters stalked the campsites dragging workers from their tents at night and devouring them. Crews mm. attempted to scare off the lions by building campfires, bomas, which are small forts, that can only be uh, approached from the top. So the lions would have to jump on it to get in there, and you could probably like, take them down as they were trying to come through. Hmm. Uh, and thorn fences around the camp. The lions would leap over or crawl through the thorn fences. After numerous attacks, many workers fled from Savo, which halted construction on the bridge. Patterson, the head of the project, set traps and tried several times to ambush the lions at night from a tree. He was unsuccessful until December when he shot one lion. Twenty days later, the second lion was found and killed. The first lion killed measured 9 feet 8 inches from tail to head, and it took eight men to carry the carcass back to the camp. In his account, Patterson said that he had wounded the first lion with one bullet from a high-caliber rifle. The bullet hit the lion in the back leg, but it got away. Later, the lion returned and began stalking Patterson. He shot it through the shoulder with a high-powered gun and found it lying dead the next morning not far from the platform he was on. The second lion was shot nine times, five with the same rifle, three with the second, and once with the third rifle. The first shot was fired from atop a scaffolding Patterson had built near goat kills done by the lions. Two shots from a second rifle hit the lion 11 days later as it was stalking Patterson and was trying to flee. When they found the lion the next day, Patterson shot it three more times with the same rifle and severely crippled it. He then shot it three times with the third rifle, twice in the chest and once in the head, which killed it. Patterson claimed that the lion died gnawing on a fallen branch still trying to reach him. And for the people who saying, oh, his guns must have been wimpy. The bullets he used weren't tiny. These were those huge British Jumanji bullets. Like, they were <laughs> huge. They were used to take down elephants. It took 11 shots to kill both of them. It took nine to kill the second one because it, it learned. It's like one of those aliens, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the construction crew returned and finished the bridge in February 1899. The exact number of people killed by the lions is unclear. Patterson claimed there were at least 130, but examination of the lions' bones and hair showed signs that they may have killed around 40 people, with the second lion killing the most uh, at about 29. The lions spent 20 or so years as rugs in Patterson's home before they were given to the Chicago Field Museum, where they still reside today. So one worker said about the lions... Hundreds of men fell victim to these savage creatures whose very jaws were steeped in blood. Bones, flesh, skin, and blood, they devoured all and left not a trace behind them. Ooh. 
<laughs> but uh, the movie The Ghost in the Darkness is based on the story, but in that... I was um, going to say, that it, sounds a lot like a movie. <laughs> but in the movie, uh, the lions had manes, hmm. uh, and uh, the character that... Who was it? I can't remember his name. Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband. Catherine hmm. Zeta-Jones' husband was the producer on the movie, and he wanted a bigger role. So instead of just having Patterson, who Val Kilmer plays, they added... Catherine Zeta Jones' husband to the lead role, so but he gets killed by the lions halfway through, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but look it up; it's a really interesting story. Like uh, just like all the colonization that had happened. Oh, also the big thing I hated about the Ghost in the Darkness was all the workers on the site were um, were were Sikh of Indian origin, and all the workers in the Ghost in the Darkness were portrayed as black, because otherwise, how would you know it was Africa if there was, like, no black people there? And I was like, oh, I'm so angry about that. I'm like, yeah, like, because, like, North Africa doesn't have, like, different types of people. Anyway, moving on. Uh, But I, I was watching this episode and thinking to myself, if I were to make an animal suit... I'd probably be a manatee. That's what I was going to be. You're going to be a manatee furry? Yeah. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm not a furry. <laughs> Ew, I'd be a manatee and just lie on the ground and eat. I'm just kidding. Because, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, furries. Oh, man. Um, okay. But the shot of Will covered in blood with black anter- antlers was not going to lie. Kind of sexy. It was. <laughs> it was fair. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> well, of course I agree. Well, this show is getting to me. I'm like finding kinks I don't have or didn't know I had before. Mm. <laughs> so I find it interesting whenever I see scenes like that in the show, I'm like, God, I want to do that too. <laughs> I want to try it. <laughs> like, mostly like just in for, for, well, <laughs> No, Sonia. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, um. Like, just when the actors are fully emerged in the black, like, stuff, or, or the blood, and just, like... Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, that just looks like so much fun. I'd like to try it sometime for something. And I'm like, but I'm not an actor. I'm a writer-director. And I thought, someday I'm going to write just a specific part for me. I'm going to be that weird little thing in the corner, and I'll just... <laughs> but you know what sucks? You'd have to be in that for, like, at least four hours covered in, like, crud. I'd be willing to do it. <laughs> I'd be willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, because it just looks, looks like fun. It's hard work, but it'd be fun. Well, because I was reading about how Macy, Willi- uh, Macy Williams uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, during the second season where she had to disguise herself as a boy, the stuff they used in her hair, like, she, it would take, like, four hours to get out because it was, like, so, it was, like, basically mud. I should look that up. It was so gross. But yeah, like, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, But yeah, like, it's, uh, I love when people are covered in blood on this show. It just looks so cool to me. I like that their attention to detail and actually looks like real blood. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you actually look at a lot of different TV shows and whatnot, it just, they just can't get the consistency right. It looks like paint. Almost yeah. always looks like pink. Yeah, that's true. Or it looks like uh, Jello. <laughs> Jello is like more like a purpley, very deep, like red, velvety color. Whereas like blood is like, yeah, it's like black sometimes, or it looks uh, brown even. So it's just like this show just doesn't really. Good. I oh. believe it's blood. <laughs> 
Hopefully they got it done for a show about murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they got to make it right. Because it was like, um, well, that's one of the things I love about one shot in season three when we first meet uh, the, the dragon. Like, because he, like, he, it doesn't spoil anything right now, so I'll mention it. Mm-hmm. It's that scene where he's uh, he's in the moonlight outside the house after he's killed people. Oh. And he's like screaming at the moon. He's covered in blood and he's just freaking out. And I'm like, man, that was so cool. <laughs> he's just covered in it. And like, there's a big line in, in the book about how he does it because of the how blood looks in the moonlight mm-hmm. and it's like it looks black and it does look black and i was like oh it's so good <laughs> Sorry, i'm just like so happy to That's see okay. it i'm just remembering the last episode uh, <laughs> and he says that line <laughs> well let's see if i can find it so i can show us <laughs> don't look at my computer celeste uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> well while she's doing that i was just gonna say uh one interesting thing is like yeah like you you can see where a lot of the fandom gets a lot of the Alpha, Beta, Omega stuff, especially from this episode. It's all over the place. <laughs> uh, and But I reminded myself, oh yeah, the, the actual Alpha, Beta, Omega dynamics actually don't exist with um, wolves, where I believe that original idea came from. Hmm. Uh, scientists like back in the day was like, ah, there, there's an alpha male or an alpha female and blah, 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 blah. And then they actually learned, oh, that's not true. What it is, it's the, uh, the lead wolves in a pack are usually the mom and dad. And all, and then it's their children, and then sometimes it's their grandchildren, and then sometimes there are other wolves coming in to mate with their own children, and blah blah blah, and it makes their pack bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. So that's actually what the leaders are; they're the parents. <laughs> so, so there actually is no okay. real, there actually is no alpha, omega, uh, beta stuff in in wolf packs. Don't, don't, don't tell uh, the fan fiction writers about that. <laughs> But it does exist a bit in the animal kingdom. I do, I do believe it's uh, a little bit in uh, primates. There's uh, okay. dominant males, dominant females, mm-hmm. and subordinate uh, males and females in uh, whatever a bunch of primates are called. <laughs> and I suppose it, it also depends what kind of primate, because uh, it doesn't actually exist in every single primate circle either. So anyway, fun note. The scene from Red Dragon. Oh, that's uh, really dark. Yeah, it looks like that <laughs> scene from, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Death Stranding, the stuff that comes out of Mads Mikkelsen's eyes. Oh, yeah. That looks so cool. Sorry, I'm so happy. I love blood effects. <laughs> so cool. I should make a horror film one day. I like, really want to. That would be cool. Like, it's my dream to make a horror film. because My I, sister I, wants to make one, too. Yeah, really? I love mm-hmm. horror movies. I think there's a, there's still a stigma attached to the genre of horror. And it's I, like B-movie most of the yeah, time. Yeah, and it, it, it's not unwarranted because, like, when there's movies like Feast and, like, Human Centipede and Serbian film, which are just about grossing people out, mm. like, it just bothers me because that's not what horror is about. Horror is about that primal fear inside of you that that makes things terror that that makes you scared mm. like it's like i don't know about you guys but i'm still scared about putting my foot over the edge of the bed <laughs> or something's in the closet or like you know those types of primal fears like of course a movie where a serbian films about this porn star who gets this retired porn star that gets back into the business but finds out he has to film snuff films which are films where people die on camera mm. and so he ends Whoa. up okay yeah and so uh there's a lot of bad things that happen in it. And people were like, oh, yeah, it's such a great return to horror. I'm like, that's not horror, though. That's just gross. Or in Feast, where, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, the monsters just, like, uh, rape people. I'm like, okay, like, thank you for losing, using the lowest common denominator. Like, of course, rape is terrifying because it affects only, like, it affects a lot of people and it's a horrible event. Mm-hmm. Don't use it for horror because that's cheap. Uh, one interesting thing, when I, I don't know why I didn't notice this sooner, but I guess uh, I just... 
I don't know. Uh, it's probably because I'm in festival mode right now for films. Uh, I noticed for the cinematography, a lot of this show, there's lots of close-ups mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. pull focus and just a lot of fun stuff like that. And I thought you could tell this was made for television where people are a little bit away from their TV or, or screens. So it's like you can process that. But if you saw those giant-ass close-ups on a, in a theater, it'd probably be a little jarring. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, oh, yeah, that's a mental note for shooting for TV. I think that's why I don't uh, – why I imagine – Silence of the Lambs was so upsetting because it's like oh, a lot of close-ups, all close-ups, yeah, like that weird POV look. Yeah, that, I really like it though because it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it looks too nineties now, but it still works. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like a nineties trope now, mm-hmm. but it's it worked then. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. I like it, but I really like the discussion about like how big of a well, I guess it is a show about cannibalism. Like how big of a deal Vor is in this in this universe? Because <laughs> like uh, Hannibal's talking about the killer's fascination with teeth, and I'm like, did Clive Barker write this? And seriously, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's just talking about being eaten by people, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm pulling a face. You can't see it. But <laughs> I'll put it on the on the Instagram later. <laughs> Just my look up, like, ooh. It's like the if you look up the, the Instagram for when me and uh, when we first started the show, there was a picture of me when we were discussing um, if Hannibal ate his secretary. That's the look I just pulled, <laughs> <laughs> which he did, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they talk a lot. I was trying to find more uh, information on species dysphoria because, like, uh, they like dysphoria. It, usually hear about it with gender dysphoria which is like uh what they believe what they well not what they believe it's what's said in the dsm about how uh, why trans people want to transition so it's like it comes up a lot in that context but i could not find anything about people wanting to be animals i think it's just because again it's i feel like uh, it's one of those things that's still even more there's a stigma to it Mm -hmm. like if you talk furries anybody Mm. they'll give you a look like a good example is uh, i remember i unfriended someone on facebook because of it they took a picture of someone wearing their ears tail and collar on on the bus i I uh and i think i know who these people are i see them all the time at icon Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but you know that's their choice if that's how they feel comfortable being then you know they're not hurting anybody they're just, they're just wearing ears and the tail, whatever. So anyway, this person took a picture of it and started making fun of them, saying, "What the hell is up with this person? Like, what mm. the hell? I would probably..." And then I, I made, a, I left a very angry comment and said, "You ignorant bastard!" And then I unfriended them. Um, oh, like they were your friend? Yeah, they were my friend on Facebook. Yeah, but I don't think they were like a friend, friend. I actually think they were like this is somebody you met. I think they were a colleague, actually. So it's like, well, we're no longer friends. I don't talk to that person any, anymore. Anyway, um, I have read where furries, um, they identify better as their animal than as people. Like um, there's one where a chick was, I was watching it in a documentary. She says she felt better going out in public with her furry head and gloves. She says she'd love it more if she could wear her full suit, but she says her family doesn't want her to. So when she does go out occasionally, she'll wear the head she wear the gloves, she wear the tail, and they'll go out, like, bowling or, like, something where she's with people who will keep her yeah. safe while she's doing it. And she says she feels more like herself when she's dressed as the furry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's just a, a thing that's not talked about very much right now. I feel like, uh, kind of like how gay was, like, a closeted thing. Just how many years ago? 34, 50 years You didn't really talk about it. Yeah. Same thing with uh, transgender. It was a thing you didn't really talk about. You know, mm-hmm. the, I feel like furry is just another one of those things that's just yeah. never talked about. I feel about. like it came out, like, 
was a couple years ago. Like it's yeah. becoming a bigger thing, a bigger community. Yeah, where they were, they felt safe enough to actually have conventions now mm-hmm. and just all these gatherings. They realize there's actually lots of us out there. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of them. I'm just, I'm just saying that. <laughs> they, they thought, well, look, there's lots of us here, so we can finally have conventions, conventions, mm-hmm. gatherings, and whatnot. So I think, uh, I think. It's just not on the books yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's always been there. It's just not on the books yet. Well, from Wikipedia, it says that species dysphoria is informally used mainly in psychological li- literature to compare the experiences of some individuals to those in the transgender community. Other kin and Theron communities have also used it to describe their experiences. Uh, 46% of people surveyed who identified as being in the furry fandom answered yes to the question, do you consider yourself to be less than 100% human? And 41% answered yes to the question, if you could become 0% human, would you? Uh, uh, There's a lot of studies that draw parallels with gender dysphoria, where they feel a discomfort with their human body and the feeling that the person was the non is a non-human species trapped in a human body. Uh, like I should have read up on this before, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it, uh, I see a lot of re- really interesting words here about clinical lycanthropy. Um, let's see, but the one thing I I had a problem with about furries in the past, like not so much anymore, but I always really disliked that it was always the sexier animals, like uh, cats and wolves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the like mm-hmm. the cooler animals. I was like, I've never seen a furry whale. I want to see a furry whale. <laughs> Or I'd be a furry manatee, that's what I'd be, yeah. <laughs> well, I think also, too, it probably stems from uh, just, uh, again, even within fan fiction and fandom, as I discovered, Alpha, Beta, Omega, Dynamic Stories are their own subculture within the fan fiction. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I feel like that's probably a lot of people's first exposure to that kind of thought and thinking. Like, when they were little, they probably didn't realize, like, they liked playing animals, but they didn't understand any of that stuff yet and as they get older and they realize that they're different they start getting into their nerdums and fandoms and then they probably stumbled upon fan fiction or comic books or whatever and they're like hey this is a thing and then usually a lot of those stories have like alphabet omega dynamics all usually use like the the wolf pack uh, dynamic or who am i kidding it's always the wolf pack dynamic <laughs> <laughs> like every time i read it that's what you can feel it that that animal uh, references they use it's usually it's wolves, wolves yeah. mm-hmm. so i find that's probably why and then the next animals that you know more about are domesticated animals like cats and dogs mm-hmm. so i think that's just usually their first exposure that's probably why you won't see a lot of whales <laughs> or manatees son <laughs> like, a lot of people's favorite animals are cats and dogs too. yeah exactly I think the closest you'll get to that is maybe the mermaids, people who relate better as mermaids. Mm-hmm. That's probably the closest you'll get to uh, sea. <laughs> sea animals. Sea creatures. The lovely manatee. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lovely documentary if you guys can find it on iTunes or the something. The lovely manatee? Uh, no. <laughs> mermaids. Oh, okay. Mermaids. Where it the talks about uh, people who identify as mermaids. Mm. Oh, that would be so cool to be a mermaid, though. Like, I wouldn't like the, the shell bras, but everything else would be pretty cool. I don't think my boobs can fit in a shell. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they'd just be, like, uh, pasties. Never mind. Well, they make their own. <laughs> they make stuff that fit them. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of a fanfic I read where something where one of the pairing was a mermaid. And was like, I was just reading it. Well, for fun, mostly. Because yeah. I was like, okay, it's an NC-17 one. one. How, how are they going to do this? Reads. Oh, that's how they did it. <laughs> So I read that too with uh, what was it? Um, Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Bucky was uh, a, mer- a merman. 
A mermaid. It was, mermaid. It was actually really mermaid. cute. It starts them off from childhood. It was actually really cute. Aww. Uh, and nothing illicit happens. Oh, okay. if, if I think the most they did in that fan fiction was kiss. So it was it was really quite cute. <laughs> but I'm just saying I've read it too. Yeah, there's actually like a large community of uh, mermaid uh, lovers in the in the lesbian fandom, like mm. the WLW. It's really cute. They have like so many comics in there. And this is about, you know, like a girl, like usually a mermaid's spots a girl on the beach and they're like oh my god you're so beautiful <laughs> and they always go like to the beach to like find that girl and usually the girl's like a lifeguard so it's like super cute <laughs> that is super cute also the super cutest mermaid was Mermando in Gravity Falls yeah. who uh, <laughs> the lead character Mabel falls in love with because he's trapped in a pool and he can't get out <laughs> that was really cute was like, was, was that he was like speaking Spanish he was like oh wow that's amazing <laughs> is that what Murfield talk <laughs> It's like, no. <laughs> but I'm unsure if the Natural History Museum in this episode is supposed to be the one in New York. But random, I've been there. It's really cool. The huge blue whale in the in one of the areas is very neat. I really like that. Because I was like, oh, cool. It was nerding out. I think it might be the museum in Toronto. I'm not sure. It probably is Toronto. Yeah, it looked very similar to the Natural History Museum in New York. So I was trying to see if that was it. But no, it's probably just set dressing. They probably got an establisher, maybe, from New York, or, like, a B-roll from something. Yeah. And then, yeah, shot the rest inside uh, for Toronto. Because uh-huh. that is where the show is shot, so. But did anyone really love the sass between uh, Margot, Verger, and Will? Like, I really love their interactions mm. this episode. Because it seems like, um, it seems so Hannibal-y of him, of him, the way he talks to her. Like, he's not being rude or anything. He's just being, like, um, honest, I guess is a good word. But, well, yeah. He's dark Will now, <laughs> So, have you like noticed a complete 180 in the way he dresses now and he looks more clean and his hair is actually combed no glasses so mostly like when shadows. he talks to people yeah it's just, <laughs> he looks well put together so. well the glasses were his way of um creating a, a barrier between him and other people so mm-hmm. like i can see why he wasn't wearing them anymore like it and he's mm. not even like reacting with them not there because i know all of us were all three of us wear glasses. So when you don't, when you're wearing contacts, you you do that Keep thing pushing where you at still your think face. they're yeah. there. <laughs> and he doesn't do that. Well, I guess because he dances, he doesn't wear glasses in real life. But still, like it, it's something that I really, it, It's one of the bigger changes in him. How he um, is a different person this whole time. So it's really cool. Um, I also really love seeing Will's eyelashes when he was in profile. Yeah, he's so cute. I love it. I hate that. I swear a lot of men have beautiful eyelashes because they don't mess with their eyes like like a lot of women women do. do Because a lot of us put on makeup from an early age, so it's always like... (laughs) (laughs) So whenever, like, I swear when I see my husband's eyelashes, when I'm, like, lying down next to him and I see him, (laughs) he looks like Snuffleupagus from (laughs) Sesame Street, those eyelashes. Yeah, my dad and my brother are, like, blessed with beautiful luscious eyelashes I know, and I was right? like I'm the girl why can I have it's luscious like, I eyelashes have it's not fair <laughs> <laughs> oh but he's so beautiful I don't think there's anything ugly about Hugh Dancy in real life oh <laughs> well I saw um, some behind the scenes footage of that scene where he was uh, he was seen in the morgue with that like with the autopsy thing and like he was dead and I saw them getting him made up for it and I was like yeah. I think you mentioned that when we saw that episode you're yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dead Will. You dead look so good. You know when you're dead and got no arms. <laughs> but he, I, like, again, I, I said it previously a bunch of times. Seeing him in real life was one of the best moments of my life. I was like, <laughs> I fit on my screen because I'm drooling here for <laughs> dead Will. <laughs> dead Will. Dead Will is quite Just hot. Just you dancing. <laughs> 
All right. But um, let's see what's up there. Uh, if he's up there, he just loves it. And typhoid and swans all come from the same place. Again, God kills, so does Hannibal. I really love that he, like, again, like, I, I do hate I do hate Hannibal, but I love that he doesn't excuse what he does. He doesn't make excuses for it. It's like, oh, I'm, my sister was killed and I was forced to eat her when I was a child. That's my motivation. I'm like, no, he doesn't care. Like, he cares, but he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, he's not making excuses for why he's hurting people, why he's eating people. And I think that does make him scarier because he doesn't have a motive. That's what freaks me out. Like motives, motives. Let's see. But I'm getting the end of my notes, so but I wanted to mention this: Hannibal sending Randall to kill Will was the sinking of the Hanagram ship for this episode. So we came in on that ship, and now we're Titanicing. I might have a counter argument for that, but But also I would I would have killed Randall too for hurting Buster. Like the second Mm. he hurt Buster, he was dead in my eyes. I would have done it myself. That poor little doggy. I heard uh, an interesting behind the scenes thing. Apparently, the was it the director of the episode? I'm not sure. Somebody, I think it was the director, uh, didn't care at all about the about the characters getting hurt or anybody dying, he was mostly concerned about the dog. <laughs> Somebody was really concer- concerned more about the dog in this episode. Uh, everybody was more concerned about the dog. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like, I, yeah, fair enough. Because it's like, the dog didn't do anything. He was just out there to, to play and that horrible man, like, tore him apart. <laughs> like, uh, I think he just, like, slashed him. I think he just I slashed him. Yeah. But yeah, he tore him apart. He was a little thing. It's like, ooh. So my so my counter argument to your <laughs> sick in the ship. No, if anything, it's making the ship more powerful. Um, <laughs> putting coals. In the, um, in the you know what? I think I read it in a fan fiction. The best uh, again, uh, ironically, uh, maybe not. Uh, it was an Alpha Beta Omega one. Um, <laughs> the way they explained away that behavior of sending uh. someone. Uh, what it is, I believe, uh, they explained it away as. Your mate must prove that they're strong enough for you. <laughs> so, uh, to Hannibal, if Will is worthy, he will rise on top and he won't die. If he died, then he wasn't at anything that he... wasn't worthy of his He love. wasn't worthy. He wasn't what he thought he was. And it was like, okay, <laughs> oh well. I just narrowed my eyes at AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was kind of the same with uh, Will trying to kill Hannibal. Supposedly that was the subtext, apparently, in some fan fiction. Is... Um, is yeah, if uh, if Hannibal was worthy, he'd be able to defeat any foe that came his way. And the same, that's how Hannibal reciprocates with, all right, then, well, if you're worthy of me, then you should be able to defeat this foe. And he did. He even brought it to his table. Boom, brought it to his house. Kind of like how uh, your the neighborhood cat brings a mouse to the door. This is for the family. <laughs> it's a <laughs> gift. <laughs> Apparently that's what that means when cats do that. When they yeah. leave oh, dead uh, animals at, at your door, yeah, that's because they're like, the they're cat. saying, I killed this for you. Well, isn't it? Eat up. <laughs> when, they're, when they're half alive, they're trying to teach you to hunt too. Like if they kill, if they maim a mouse enough that it, it's still alive when it gets to you, they're trying to teach you how to hunt it, right? Because like, they think you can't do it? Ew. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. I each, each, that uh, each cat and each dog is different when they do that, but uh, supposedly. So anyway, that's my kind of argument <laughs> from so Hannibal is saying like no, uh, if Will is worthy of me he'll bring, he'll kill this foe 
But I was thinking about that scene earlier too, about when uh, when uh, Matthew had killed. I love how I remember the guys I have a crush on their names. <laughs> uh, when Matthew tried to kill Hannibal, somebody posted on TV tropes that that was the only time Hannibal was scared for his life, and I'm like, but he wasn't. Scared. He wasn't scared though. Yeah, he was. He was choking, but he knew that like. I don't know if he knew he was going to get out of there, but I, I don't think he has any fear of losing his life. He doesn't. He Isn't that a quote? Did we already have that quote? Yeah, he's not a, like, I live my life as if I'm going to die any moment. Yeah, so he appreciates uh-huh. life for what it is, but if he dies, he's not afraid of it. You yeah. Know, it's just like, I So I wanted to bring that up to you guys when I saw that. I'm like, he wasn't scared, though. Like he, No, he wasn't. There was, like, moments where he was upset. Like, he brought out a, an emotion in him, like, when he was saying, like, uh, that when when Matthew was telling, like, I'm going to be the Chesapeake Ripper now, and Hannibal's, like, pissed. That's the only time he's angry. He's like, only if you eat me. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> Like, I think the only time we ever see him angry or any other emotion other than his mask is at the end of this season. I won't spoil Looking forward to that. But uh, I would have thrown Randall the killer in through Hannibal's window. But again, the big question of the season, does Hannibal ever lock his house? Like, everybody's just going in and I just, I, I honestly think it's just Will. Will, like, either A, knows how to get in, you know, pick locks, because, you know, he's he's supposed to think like a killer. Um, again, from fan fiction, probably, like, one of my favorite lines I ever heard someone say, uh, Will wrote, um, uh, being a criminal is, being a criminal is your hobby. This is my job. Oh. <laughs> and Hannibal just like side-eyes him in the family. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, Will already has the training. So it's just. It's there. Yeah. It's there. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not supposed to, as a, you know, law enforcement, he's not supposed to use it as a criminal. He's just supposed to know how they think. So that's the only, I bet you Hannibal does lock his doors. It's just, it's just Will. It's like, where the hell is everybody breaking into my house? <laughs> I just want to be your friend. So. End of the show. Alright. I don't know. I think I have a little something to talk Ooh. about. Oh, oh please. Especially, like, there's a scene where they were talking to each other, and I, Hannibal says, you must allow yourself to be intimate with your instincts, Will. <laughs> and I thought of you guys, because we were standing beside each other, and if the, if the scene was, like, lighter, like, in, the, like, a sunlight room. And there's like cheesy '90s music playing in the background. <laughs> it would have been like a scene from a romantic comedy. <laughs> Sick. I don't. It's know. A strong ship. What the heck was I doing? Um. Okay, because like I, I pairings in the show, I always get even like the worst pairings. Like my favorite pairing is Chilton and the Red Dragon. That's my favorite pairing. Despite what Celeste is gonna see happens in like later, like it's gonna be terrible. Like <laughs> it's gonna be a horrible situation. As I said before, go figure. I do not see that ship. That's just yeah. Weird. But to well, me. Since I, like I'm into enemies and stuff. But <laughs> or uh, what was I looking up? I was looking at uh, Mason and Will Graham yesterday. That's yeah, I read that one. Up. Yeah, and I was I like. <laughs> So I don't like, like it. I, uh, Hannibal was, would probably, like, Hannigan would probably be my pairing if I didn't hate Hannibal so much and love Will. Because Will is, like, somebody I want to win. Like, mm-hmm. I was really sad to find out in the books that he becomes, uh, he becomes an alcoholic after his adventures against Hannibal. In the books. Yeah, in the books. Uh, which were, which are not canon, not technically canon in the show. But yeah, like, it just bothers me that he doesn't ever get over well not get over but he doesn't actually in defeating Hannibal he ruins his life that's why I hate the I hate the pairing because I'm like you know with that in mind and if anyone listening has already watched the whole show 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I pointed to Sonny, what she just said, it's like, mm, that's probably why the ending was the ending. Yeah. Like, because I keep thinking, like, I don't want Will to ruin his life. Because, like, I think Will has a chance to be happy. And that's why I want him to be. I want him to be happy. But he just keeps, like, coming back. Yeah. He keeps <laughs> getting roped in. The he... cat came back the very next day. It's <laughs> like the mafia when he's out, when Will thinks he's out, they keep pulling him back in. <laughs> Kill away, Will. <laughs> right. We've come to the official end of the show. So what was your favorite part of this episode? At least favorite and least favorite part of this episode and why? Go Celeste. Uh, let's see. Favorite, just how this episode was filmed. I know, I've feel like it's got more artsy of how it's filmed. Maybe because, you know, you mentioned about close-ups. Mm-hmm. Mostly in this, um, that was this episode. Oh, that was <laughs> oh, no, you said you don't like the... Oh, I don't like it in the movies because it's really yes. uncomfortable. So, yeah. JJ. <laughs> but also, like, um, you know, Will taking down the beast. That was pretty cool. And my least favorite is, like, not being able to see how he took down the beast. <laughs> I think it comes up next episode. Does yeah, it? I think, yeah, they do. Oh. Uh, um, it's like a weird flashback moment. Okay. And okay. slash fantasy. I look forward to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> also, I felt so sorry for that couple that got killed because they know. were so in love and then just got murdered. That's a trope, eh? Yeah, yeah the love is the show. Oh, yeah, especially Don't with, love um, anybody. The lady did like the cliche of like running away, t- away from like civilization and then tripping over nothing. How about you, JJ? Was your favorite and least favorite part of this episode? Oh, jeez. Um, I think uh, my favorite, obviously, is just <laughs> that beginning scene. Just <laughs> that whole dream <laughs> sequence. It's like, it's so oddly erotic, but not necessarily in a 100% sexual way. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Do you feel Romance. Me? Like, it's a weird gothic romantic thing, and yet it's completely weird how, like, yeah, Will fantasizes or dreams, however you want to put it, killing Hannibal and yet hearing Hannibal call him his beloved you know <laughs> indirectly direct- <laughs> was that you <laughs> when I said that he went <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't think I've heard you do that yet this whole podcast so. it just, I don't know this thing just makes me laugh too <laughs> oh okay but so yeah I think that whole beginning bit it's just just my favorite because it's just it feeds the fandom yeah and then I think uh Least favorite? I don't know if I actually have a least favorite. Um, it's a good episode. It, yeah, it really is a good episode. I, I think for once, I don't have... Yeah, this is probably... Really, yeah, it's one of my Solid favorites. Episode. Yeah, It moves... It definitely moves the plot along. It's very delicious. It's very <laughs> great. It's just, it's, a, it's just yummy. It's not perfect, but it's yummy. Delicious. Uh, my favorite was probably... What was my favorite? Um... Margot and Will's interactions. Mm. I really love how sweet they are. Well, not sweet, but like they 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 both sense a kinship in the other, and I really love that. Like uh, especially because I love Catherine Isabel; she's such a good actress. I wish she would get more quality roles that weren't just like slapstick horror stuff that she's been doing recently. No hate on her; like she has to get go where the work is. But yeah, I just love her work, and I I hope she ends up on American Gods or something because she deserves Ooh, all the awards. I didn't even think of that. It's also, possible. watch Ginger Snaps; it's one of the best movies ever. Mm. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, like my least favorite was probably. How fan servicey I thought the, the first scene was. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I think that was my big problem with season three. 
because I, I think that's why because that, I knew I think they knew that they were going out on season three, and that's why. Oh well, yeah, like that's it. why it speeds up the way it does. Yeah, so I think they I knew they were gonna be they were gonna be canceled, but I I don't like fan service in shows because like it's always awkward, and I'm like okay they knew about Hanagram like ripping my paper <laughs> throwing <them. laughs> stuck my tongue out at Slanny. Yeah, like when we get to season three, we're gonna have more arguments about. <laughs> oh, season three! Oh my gosh! Oh man, I didn't realize how close we are to season three now because we're like yeah. next episode is episode nine. And we're on episode nine now. We're on nine. Episode so ten. ten, yeah, because episode ten is when Mason comes into the picture and starts complicating shit up. Like mm. I can't. Like I, I was gonna say this for episode ten, but like I base my haircut on Mason. I was gonna say, did you get a haircut? Yeah, I got a haircut. I noticed because you're you're rubbing your hands through your hair, and it's not as it's yeah, it's not. Oh, that's true. Whereas yet, like last time, yeah, it's not an anime hairstyle. But yeah, like I freaking I love Mason Verger. Um, which is bizarre because I hate Hannibal Lecter. Like, I have I a know. figure on you. Yeah, because I'm like, what the hell? Am, what the hell am I on? Like, and I, I can't love, stand Mason Verger. So yeah, because I'm like, he like Mason Verger does not care, does not give a shit, and I'm like, I dig that. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, Michael Pitt as Mason Verger was like one of mm. the best casting on the show because I I didn't like I'd only known Michael Pitt from Boardwalk Empire, and he plays a really um, level-headed person in Boardwalk Empire. But on, I can't wait for Celeste to see him because he's such a fucking nut in this in the next three episodes. He's like a chaotic evil. Chaotic evil. He's like um, a joker if the Joker's parents supported him and like he was allowed <laughs> to run loose on things. And he owned a farm. Yeah. <laughs> Good times ahead. Good times. Good times. <laughs> but anyway, where can everyone find you on the interweb, Celeste? You can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at Satumon, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps, and you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me on Tumblr as Honey Child, on Twitter at Honey underscore Child, and on Instagram as Soranic Nanu. And you can find Hannibal's Horny Abachi as Hannibal's Horny Abachi on Tumblr and on, uh, and on Instagram. And you can find us on Twitter as HH Abachi. So, yeah, please send us an email. We also are available by email at HannibalSorniaBocci dot uh, at gmail.com. Uh, and we've been getting, like, I really love seeing all the follows we're getting on the Tumblr and, like, people sending us messages. Well, not sending us messages, but liking our posts and stuff. Mm. So it's been really fun. And seeing all the people from all over the world listening in, it's really cool. Like, we got a bunch of people from Russia. It's really? Wow. Yeah. We got a bunch of, uh, the, the episode about Rammstein got a bunch of German people listening <laughs> So it's been pretty bizarre. It's like, uh, and hopefully no one hates us for last episode when we went on a big hate rant against Quebec. <laughs> but like, uh, if you were in Canada, you would understand. understand. Yeah. <laughs> and shout out to our our listener in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts. I sound like Bugs Bunny. Cambridge <laughs> in Massachusetts. Um, that is Kira. So shout out to her. I always see hey, her hey, showing Kira. up on the thing. <laughs> so yeah and please uh let your friends know about us we are well how many episodes to the end three three more <gasps> oh and then our wrap up and then our wrap up episode. so four more yeah so three more and then we'll get into the fan yeah. fiction <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay we will see you guys next time bye bye